to Travolting, covering Welcome to Hollywood, with very special guest, David Manzalillo. Enjoy the episode. We're rolling. Stuart, are you ready to be Welcome to Hollywood? Because I, for one, am ready to be Welcome to Hollywood. I've put my time in. I've done the work. I work. I've worked in the industry. And I, for one, am ready to be welcome to Hollywood. Uh, hi, everyone. Thank you for <laughs> listening to the Travolting Podcast. I'm your co-host, Stuart Elmore, and we're covering Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, we're, covering, in, <laughs> we're covering the 1998 classic. I just, the movie, the, the, that, the, the mockumentary. Some, many call it the spinal tap of the film industry. I just didn't know the, what to do with uh, that intro. Well, who are they? Who are, who's calling it that? Can I get uh, some names and references, please? Many people are saying. Oh, many people uh, are many saying. Many people this? are saying that Welcome to Hollywood is the spinal tap of the movie industry. Oh, okay. It's a very, it's a very well known. Also, uh, welcoming our very special guest, as from the, our intro, Dave. David. Yeah. Go on, pronounce the last name. I dare you. I don't want to do that. <laughs> do it. Manzalillo. You say it. I yeah, got it. Say it. Manzalillo. 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 Yes. Manzalillo. Yes. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. How do you spell that? M A N Z O L I L L O. Would you like my social security number two? <laughs> I mean, I bet a lot of people on Spotify are probably oh, like it's that. Two? <laughs> what if it becomes our Wait, did you start with two? <laughs> <laughs> Riddle me this. My social security, social starts security with two. number not, 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 not two. Damn you, Roosevelt. You have 30 minutes to solve my social security number. <laughs> Um, welcome to Hollywood 1998. Yes. yes. Um, first, I'd just like to thank all our listeners for listening to uh, last week's episode on Primary Colors, an episode we are definitely recording uh, right now. We were definitely already done. God. And so we're definitely not recording in a month. And you are listening to this. Uh, when, when would our audience be listening to this episode, uh, Jeff? September 7th. So uh, uh, this would be you know a week after 9-11 anniversary. A week before. A week before. I, oh, is, there something, is there something you want to tell us? You know it's about the timeline? One, not nine one. Jesus fuck. Sorry. My birthday's on the twentieth. Um, three days before nine eleven anniversary. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm including. Never that. forget. Or a uh, week after Labor Day. Yeah, it's, it's, or is it, that September? 30th? It, I think it's actually the day after Labor Day. Because Labor Day is always a Monday. Yeah. So I think this will be the because this comes out Monday night, Tuesday morning. So I think it's the day after Labor Day. Huh. So anyway, John Travolta. Yes. <laughs> so John Travolta. Yes. Jeff, I I, I want to preface us going into this podcast in yeah, it's the day after letting Day. the audience know that I was told by Jeff which movie I'd be doing. I didn't get yes. to choose, and I went in on the preface of i'm not going to google this movie in any way shape or form so i thought and i i didn't know anything about like how you operated this podcast if he has to be a star or if it's just any movie he's in so i went into this thinking we're going to go watch a john travolta movie and when i see him <laughs> pop up in the first 10 <laughs> seconds and then just fuck off into the ether <laughs> until the end of the movie i wanted to slap the shit out of you because see, i had see, no uh, idea what i was getting into see dave we're recording this on my birthday weekend, and I was like, I could make him cover a good movie. And I was like, we're we're not gonna have a lot of time, so I wanted to make it a slight. I didn't want to make like the thin red line, which he, is he three was hours. He long. was going to give me the thin red line. I was gonna give you the thin red line originally. Oh my! god. But then I was like, yeah, I'll make it a shorter movie. And I was like, this just sounds like some some like Dave content. 
I don't know why, but something about the description of I'm an, mad. like an indie filmmaker. He he appeared on screen talking and then he dis- disappeared and I just went, Jeff, is that it? Is that <laughs> Jeff? And then I chuckled to myself and pulled my pipe out and uh, <laughs> and uh, put my bathrobe on like, and sat just, by the fireplace and laughed to you myself. Just wrote me into watching this movie with a ten second two line John Travolta cameo. Hey, hey, three lines. He has a line at the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this, uh, gave me Boris and Natasha flashbacks, <laughs> Boris and uh, PTSD flashbacks. You mean our best episode? Our worst episode. That isn't white man's burden. Oh, white man's burden is the worst. Yes. It's a second. Well, the experts is pretty bad. Moment by moment is pretty bad. Moment by moment. We spent 30 minutes talking about Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes of an angel. We spend 45 minutes talking about toy story. <laughs> Um, no, that's uh, that's basement. I see this as a hyper oh, that is focus. We we got a we got a, a a message from someone saying, "Why did I go into this? Ex- I was looking forward to a discussion of Harold Pinter, and I came out hearing about the dumb baby toys." <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, but no, th- this week um, for our audience and also for us, we're all being welcome to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood. Yes. Um, John Travolta, a known part of the Hollywood establishment at this time. David, did you know that this was a fake documentary going into it? No, I I told you. I didn't didn't view anything on this, but... When we got to the point of he did the thing of you were my first part, you you were my first choice. When we got to the he did the you're my first choice, and then the guy said he's going off to do another movie that is under NDA, and he went to the other guy. I'm like, okay, so we're doing a mockumentary here. Yeah, that was kind of how I sort of saw it too. And I, I had questions about because I, I once we started watching the movie and I saw who it was directed by, I went to go look into his filmography because like we got all these cameos and shit. I'm like, how many favors could he pull? And I looked in his filmography, I'm like. Who the fuck is this guy? And who does he have blackmail on that he just popped all these people into this film? Well, I think there's quite a I think there's quite a gimmick as to how he pulled this off. Yeah. Because well, the the, the Baywatch stuff I have no idea how how exactly. I they, mean it's Hasselhoff. You can Yeah. I, I think I think threw him a probably threw him a few bucks in an autograph and probably. But uh, you know, it's time to take a little journey to the context corner. Oh yeah, the context corner. Start off before because what, we'll probably dive right. What into context this. do you have for the John Travolta in this movie? Not much, um, except for John Travolta is very much a part of the Hollywood machine at this point. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's a list. His movies are consistent hits. He hasn't really had like a flop since Pulp Fiction necessarily. Uh, there have been movies that have done better than others, Look but at that roster is that true? Isn't he the only person right? with after? Like... I mean, with the exception of White Man's Burden, which kind of which doesn't really count. It doesn't really count, right? It, it's it's Get Shorty, big success. Broken Arrow, big success. Phenomenon, success. Michael, success. She's so lovely. Face Off, Mad City, and Primary Colors have been our last few episodes. So he, uh, he, we had a great time talking yeah, about. Yeah, he really hasn't had a flop since then. It's been movies that have done better than others, but there hasn't been one that's like this is a career ender. Yeah. So he's 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 big. Um, he's very indicative of Hollywood. You know, he's popping up at like the, he's always at the Oscars. He's going to the premieres. He's playing. He's playing the game. At he's this in point. the Scientology. He's very. He's very. He's this very... is around the time he does a Scientology PSA. Yeah. Um, right. Which is very interesting. Wait, are we covering um, that PSA? We're not covering that PSA. Yeah, we don't want. But we're uh, covering this movie. We are covering this movie. Here's the thing: if you it's cover, a, it's if a you... short film. Um, so it real, it's like. It's a short film, and it's not really like a movie. It's a PSA. If you cover that PSA, you will be getting Scientology mail in your inbox the rest of your life. So, true. Good luck. 
<laughs> yeah, no, they will come to my house and, and abduct me. Yes, they will bring you to Lord Zenu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, All right. I'll, Stuart, you'll, you will, a, a person will come to you and say, I heard what you did. And uh, Stop. <laughs> Stop. And we both know who. No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. I know you. <laughs> okay, so anyway. Um, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's big. He's famous. He's he's a name and a face in Hollywood for and sure. So in the when A-list when category. this movie, a self described parody, biting satire of the Hollywood system, yeah, comes around, who's better to start it off, start off this movie, than with John one of the, one of the biggest guys out there right now, John, John Travolta. Travolta. He's the man. first person we see. He's if you don't count, there's a little intro. It's, yeah, a short intro, but he's like almost right away. Yeah. That's basically the context. I can't really find much on the making of this movie. Um, so, as near as I can tell, the intro is basically what happened um, when we're introduced to the st- one of the stars of this movie, Adam Rifkin, a real ball of charisma, if I do say so. <laughs> carried the entire movie. He carried the movie. Uh, an indie filmmaker with a ponytail. Oh um, man, we love those. Yeah, we love those guys. Um, who talks about how he's had nothing but highly successful docu- uh, documentary films. Mm-hmm. He's working on his next movie, um, but in between, he's directing this this biting satire of Hollywood called "Welcome to Hollywood." Welcome to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood. Right, were you guys welcome to Hollywood? I did not feel welcome to the <laughs> Hollywood during this um, movie. I'm going to be real with you. I mean, I grew up in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I did not have any family, any friends, like connection in Hollywood, mm. and so my kickstarting into the industry was through leaving my office job at Fort Wayne, Indiana. God bless you, Sweetwater. I still love you guys, but I don't didn't like the office job, and moving to Chicago and becoming a filmmaker, and so literally like started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. Hollywood did not welcome me. I welcomed Hollywood. <laughs> Hell yeah. And so, yeah, short way to put it. Yes. But watching this mockumentary has definitely like put things in a perspective. Cause I mean, it's obviously different for actors than it is for crew mm-hmm. people who are trying to break into the industry crew wise. Yeah. Um, like with actors, it is so much about just the look. Yeah. Like, you don't you don't even have to open your mouth and you're discounted. Mm. You you don't even get your first day at work where they evaluate your work ethic mm. before you're discounted. Like at least like, you know, Jeff and I, you you and I are like production assistants on some yep. pretty high, you know, you know, big name notable shows. Uh, notable shows. And we get those jobs because we impress someone before us with our work ethic and yeah. our um, you know, um personality. Yeah. Whereas an actor they're just, they can be discounted just on by the, l- on the nose. Yeah. And an eyebrow and like a chin. Yes. You know? And then there's Steve Buscemi. And then there's Steve Buscemi. <laughs> a human cigarette who somehow became <laughs> one of uh, Hollywood's most beloved character actors. Heartthrobs, uh, right there. Um, <laughs> fight me on that. So, <laughs> if you ever just thought about how Steve Buscemi looks like, like a stubbed out cigarette. And I mean this in the nicest way possible. I I, I, I are do you though? I don't know. I, I don't no, know how I can 
I don't think I can diss friend of the show, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> friend of the, he's a frequent guest. He is a frequent guest. We've got to have him back after his stunning performance on Primary Colors. Next, uh, next uh, after Jack Nicholson, we have Steve Buscemi. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. I can't do a Steve Buscemi song if he's not, he doesn't actually live here. But I know he doesn't live here, but yeah. he's a friend of the, oh, he's he's friend a, of the a, show. Friend of the show, for sure. Mm-hmm. Tweets us all the time, at Travolting yes. Pod. <laughs> at Travolting Pod on Twitter or yeah. Instagram. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, this mockumentary is this indie director who wants to document the rise of an actor. The rise of an actor. The rise of a movie star. But And they lay out the difficulty of the premise right away, which is how do you know? That's How do you know if someone's got it? How do you know if someone's got it? it? And even if they got it, how do you know when they're going to make the jump? Because Mm. some actors, they don't get their break until they're 50 40 or 60 for men especially Mm. but for women it's like they get a quick uptick and then they go down at 40 yeah i mean for for, um women who try to break an industry later in the game they're obviously as sexist as it is immediately getting their uptick would be like a mom role or like a grandma role or like some sort of like role in that that regard um for the leading man stuff it's like there is a longer time span yeah. of which men can have like their, their uh, takeoff. And this mm. documentary is very masculine centric. Like yeah. it's, they hire a fucking girlfriend in this yes. <laughs> mockumentary. <laughs> yes. Like uh, a very uh, quality of the time in the nineties. This, uh, this movie describes itself as a biting satire. Yes. I, well, I wanted to bite something. Yeah, I don't think I, the satire uh, necessarily lands. I do think in terms of biting, this movie is actually fairly accurate in yes. how the industry works. It's just that the rest, it's just that it's not a good movie. So this, no, right. the fact that it's biting on the correct like nerve um, isn't working. It, it tries to run the deadpan humor gamut of everything going wrong, but it just feels like everything's actually going wrong instead of comically going wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the key things I was thinking were... <sighs> It took me a while to realize this was a mockumentary. And the reason being did is it? Be- it did. And it was like probably what? so what, what was the tip off? The tip off was how obviously shitty um Nick Decker was as an actor. Mm-hmm. You would not watch that guy walk into a room and a casting director in all seriousness say, That's the guy you want to put all your bucks in for a documentary yeah. on him rising. Like no. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but here's the issue. And this goes to your point, uh, David, and your point, Jeff, about like how the satire doesn't really land, but the bite does. Whereas like Nick is not like, at, we don't see him act too much. Mm. There's a lot of audition scenes. There's a lot of him doing some stuff. There's a lot of him like saying some lines. There are some scenes where they like poke fun at his acting. But for the most part, it's like the satire is like his journey, not so much his skill. Yeah. But it's those moments we saw his skill, which tipped to me, oh, this is a mockumentary. Because, like, mm-hmm. no fucking way would you hi- actually get this uh, guy. I got it with the, uh, when they when they go for the first guy, uh, what was it, David Lane? David Lake. David, David Lake. Lake. That was it. a good uh, name. Yeah, when they go for David Lake, and he's like, you're my first choice. And then he says, I have this role, and they have an NDA, and I don't think I can do this documentary with it. And he goes to, then he goes to Nick Decker, and he's like, you were my first choice. I'm like, oh, okay, so we're in mockumentary land right now. Because I, I, I doubt like in the middle of a documentary like that they were going to pull a joke like that like hollywood is very over the top and funny yeah but it's never that obviously over the top and funny i kind of thought it was just a just a, a the thing. filmmakers mm. making it a funny documentary like, what would have made this movie 
I don't want to say work, but would have made it work better, is had the premise very explicitly been about like, hey, uh, I'm going to document my friend trying to make it into Hollywood. Or if it had been, we're going to cho- we're going to follow the attempt of an older actor to get into Hollywood. Yeah. Like if there, if uh, Dick, Nick Decker had been, <laughs> Nick, Dick Decker. <laughs> that is, I laugh. So okay. Hard that, 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 that was, was a great, that was bit. a clear, <laughs> yeah. Mockumentary point right yes. there. Um, which we'll get to that scene, but he feels like if his like disadvantages had been the point of the movie, I almost would have like liked it more. Yeah, I, I would. It would have worked. A I, more. I agree. I like agree if it had been that. about a guy who very an egotistical guy who doesn't have it and his attempt to get into the industry, I would have been like, okay, that's the premise we can roll with. Yeah. Instead, this movie starts off. We're gonna show a guy with promise trying to become an actor, and he sucks from like the first scene. I'm like, eh. what? That's the bit of that's why Spinal Tap works, and this doesn't because Spinal Tap's actually good, kind of good. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Is that yeah. like? When things go wrong for them, it goes wrong in a comic way yeah. instead of a sad way where it's just like, oh, he got fucked yes. over because blah, like getting the, the, the uh, stingray part is just like too weirdly surreal. Like I know Spinal Tap gets surreal with the way things fail for them, mm-hmm. but the stingray just feels the like Stonehenge was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. Yeah, like of all the ways that it could have gone wrong for him on that shoot. The stingray yeah. just felt like, like, mm-hmm. like that. That is the tipping point where you realize, okay, we're in full mockumentary mode right yeah. now. Because I, I doubt, like, you would have started this documentary. It's, oh no, we got hit by a stingray. Anyways, here's this. <laughs> yeah, but we'll start going through this uh, moment by moment. Uh, Get the fuck uh, out. I know okay. our great episode. Well, Jeff out. has been replaced on the podcast by me permanently. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But you know, we start off and we meet Adam Rifkin, and he explains this premise to us about how he's gonna he's gonna find the next it guy, yeah, and make them a star, yeah. And then we're in, we get the title font sequence, which is like Microsoft Paint ass font over <laughs> to the Hollywood sign where it says "Welcome to Hollywood." I completely missed that somehow. Actually, yeah, it it's literally like Adobe Premiere uh, text, and then you just use the default font. But after that, we're introduced to the gimmick of this movie. And the reason why we're covering it. Because if you look at the box of this movie, because I had to order a DVD. It is very hard to find this movie online. Um, but we're Travolting, and we yes. work for you, the audience. Yes, I have I have a shelf of John Travolta like DVDs that are like illegal. <laughs> Impossible <laughs> to find. Um, this movie on the box and on IMDb lists every single famous person ever as being in it. And that is very clearly a publicity move. Yeah. But it's the conceit of this movie... That in between, like, scenes, it cuts to red carpet interviews with famous celebrities, asking them, what makes a star? Yeah. And you can tell, and you can see, it's Adam Rifkin asking these questions with a little, like, um, can't, with a little microphone with a flag that says, welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. So this man just paid for a press pass to be at the Oscars and all these uh, movie premieres, just to get all these celebrities to be in his movie. Yeah. Which is... A very smart move. I was gonna say, a, I mean, it's a good move. Dedication to his craft. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if your budget for the movie, you're looking at the line sheet and you see press passes for I don't know how much a press pass goes yeah. for, but like probably a good a chunk of money. Yeah. Like you're like, wait, wait, what's what are we doing with this documentary? Mm-hmm. It's like, trust me on this one. Yeah. <laughs> but the first 
person we see at exactly the 55 second mark of this movie is the one and only John, John Travolta. Travolta. He pops up and he's asked, what makes a star? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm caught off guard by this. Uh, he's like, well, there's a quality, a presence, an acting ability. It could be anything. And I didn't realize that um, John Travolta was voiced by Bill Clinton. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Oh, here's the thing: Dude, the, mov- the movie we covered. Here's the thing: man. the movie we covered last week, Primary mm-hmm. Colors. Uh, John Travolta is actually playing Bill Clinton in that. Oh my god, are you serious? He's playing a guy with a different name who looks like Bill Clinton, dresses like Bill Clinton, is very explicitly Bill Clinton. Yeah. Um, we had a great conversation about Bill Clinton. I did the accent a lot in that episode. This has been a Bill Clinton-centric week for us. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Stuart, you haven't seen Black Widow? No. There's a very wild image of Bill Clinton in that movie that I've been thinking about all weekend. Do you want to describe it on this podcast? Let me it say. is no spoilers. It's it's like it's the in opening the first, credits. Yeah, it's the opening credits. So it's not like we're going, oh, hey, this is that, and here's a spoiler. So I cannot imagine Disney intentionally did this in Black Widow. But in the opening credits, um, it's like, it's essentially like a time lapse opening credits. Mm-hmm. It's showing you like the the history of Black Widow um, through the years. Yeah, and this like, big spy network, and this whole like big spy network, and like you see Shield files and stuff popping up. But um, the villain of the movie, General Drakoff, played by Ray Winstone in the hammiest performance of the year thus far. I love Ray Winstone. Um, Jack, stop. Uh, <laughs> What's Jack doing? Jack's climbing around upstairs. He's probably looking for his glasses. Oh, gotcha. Um, but, um, there's a shot in this where it's, it's like showing like how connected with the webs of power he is. And mind you, this man's gimmick is he kidnaps little girls and makes them into spies. So he's got like a human trafficking trade going on of little girls. It gets to the nineties and we just see this picture of Photoshop picture of Ray Winstone, like hand in hand with Bill Clinton, just hanging out in the white house lawn. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is very wild that this movie is accidentally inferring that Bill Clinton was involved in this child trafficking trade to turn them into supervillains for the Soviet Union. <laughs> Disney did this? This is It I, is very clearly unintentional. You can tell that this is just trying to show that he's with people in power. But if you take a second to think about it, you're like, wait, the implication here is <laughs> like, that the, like, very the implication like, here is that yeah. they they were they were buddy buddy. You could, like it's like yeah, we just want to show he's connected to like power, and but he's secretly doing this thing on the side. But it's very like that was that's not made explicit. <laughs> this movie makes a very wild inference by mistake. I love that, and I just I think love that, that so much. I think that is so funny. <laughs> well, all um, right. So this has been a very Bill Clinton centric week. Um. So John Travolta, yes, in yes. this movie, he um makes he's asked, what makes a star. What makes a star? And, and he gives like, I mean, all the actors and directors responses are pretty well fucking generic, which yeah. is yeah. just like, you just, I mean, determination. They're used, they're and, used to the press asking these dumb questions passion. and these basic. Yeah. I think John Travolta is, is more interesting than the others. If only are, because. Are we, just because we're biased. Partially, but I also think it informs him as an actor. And what we've been talking about this whole show, I think it informs like what he's trying to do in his movies. Like, a lot of them are just like, you know, it's the commitment, it's the drive. And John Trulls is just, like, tr- describing why he thinks he's a star. 
And he's like, it's, you know, a quality. It's a presence. It's an acting ability. And so he's just, I mean, it's it's the generic words, but it's the way he's describing himself that I just find very interesting. And mm. in what he thinks makes his star power is his presence, which I would agree with. I think his presence is a big part of his success in the movies we've liked of his. Hmm. It's not, uh, it's just like he has this kind of, um, what's the, this mat? I don't want to say magnetism, but this aura around him. Yeah. Where in a good performance or a bad performance, it's the presence of John Travolta, and he brings a very specific energy to this movie. And that's what he's saying in this moment, is the energy he brings makes him a star. Because when a movie he's in, it becomes a John Travolta movie. Is this a John Travolta movie? I Yes. <laughs> On Wikipedia, he's one of the only four actors listed as this movie. In like the starring tab. And we thank you very much for listening to this episode. That <laughs> that's was, it. Yeah, and that is the end. Oh, we got to the... talk about his uh, cameo at the end, too. Uh, yeah. We got to talk about the whole fucking movie. Yes. Um, first, did you Please want don't. to? Did you want to do your thing? Oh yeah, the hair ranking. Cue the music. All right, welcome to the hair ranking report. I'm your co-host Stuart Elmore. I'm your co-host Jeff Sweeney. I'm your co-host David Manzalello, and I have no idea where this is going. So, oh, yeah, you haven't. You, you don't oh, know, you about, don't the know about this. He doesn't know about Do the Do you not report. listen to our podcast, David? I've listened to one episode. Fuck. He's been subscribed. I'm subscribed. I'm, I'm there cheering from the sidelines. What? <laughs> what? What episode did you watch? Uh, what the fuck? Which one was the one you sent me? I can't remember. Was it Pulp Fiction? No, I didn't listen to the whole Pulp Fiction. Like two and a half hours. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm a busy man. <laughs> this is fair. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was whatever the first. What was the first episode? Devil's Rain. That was it. Yes. The Devil's Rain. The Devil's Rain. Or the best did, movie I don't, we've I don't ever think we covered. did a, a hair ranking report on Devil's Rain. You sent, we did. We you, did. You we sent did? me the uh, without the music. You sent me the link when it first, when this first started. Yeah. And I probably should actually start listening to. Yes, these. you should. But uh, yeah. I'm now sorry. you're on it. No. I, I'm drowned in podcasts, dude. Well, this is the podcast to really be drowned in. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's. it's you get, you get drowned in hair quality. Speaking yeah. of drown, this movie makes me want to drown. Uh, well, <laughs> the character speaking almost of drowns in this movie. Drown. Uh, John Travolta's hey, hair is drowning, drowning in product. Product. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, not really. I mean, his hair in this. Um, so, well, for context for you, David, um, every episode we rank the hair of John Travolta. Out mm-hmm. of all in all of his movies, and at the end of this podcast, we'll have an almighty hair ranking where we rank like his hair. Sixty-seven hairstyles. Sixty-seven hairstyles. Currently in the lead, staying alive. Staying alive. Okay. Um, nineteen eighty. Eighty-one or eighty-two. Can, can I yep. make a bold guess? The loser of this entire podcast, last place, will be the fanatic. I don't. Well, well the experts from nineteen eighty-nine is in last place right now. And if you see what his hair looks like, Jeff is going to pull up a picture. Y- y- nothing will beat it. Have you seen fa- the fanatic? Not yet, but I know it's Well, good luck. Okay, but you got to look you got to look at uh Oh. Yeah. Oh god, he's got like a Robert Smith style thing going on it's, without the yeah. charm of Robert Smith. Yeah. He's he's a full mullet. Oh no. Oh wait, wait, it was a mullet? I thought it was Oh no, it is a mullet. It's a full mullet. It's real oh, rough. No. Yeah, it's in last place right now. Oh, that's now. terrible. It's in last place under the Devil's Reign, which he wears a hood 
in like the entire film. It, it is to my understand we will be covering a movie in which he is bald. Yeah. Um, I think that somehow still might be about the experts. Uh, which movie is he bald? Wait, no, I think on. it's. I think I think there's two. I think it's the killing season from Russia. Wait, we'll isn't, he bald, oh, from, isn't he bald towards the end of Gotti? I when he's know, in I, prison? I've never heard of that movie. I've never heard of that movie. We don't talk about that movie. We don't talk about that movie. I don't know what that's called. So, Jeff, quick question. What's that shirt you're wearing right there? Hey, Okay, so the hair ranking. We got to continue the hair ranking. So... So this movie, um, you he, want the he picture has, or the hair ranking up right now? I want the hair ranking okay. up. Okay. So, oh, is that Jack? Is Jack? that Jack? Hey, Jack. 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 Hey, Jack. Hey, oh, Jack just how flipped us off. Guys? <laughs> I was upstairs looking for my glasses. He uh, just ate sunglasses, you know. Why are you talking to us behind a door, Jack? Uh, I'm, I'm grabbing some beers from the fridge. Mm-hmm. Jeff I'm is... gonna go sit on the deck. Okay, okay, Jack. Okay, Jack. Enjoy sitting on the deck and drinking some beers in your sunglasses. You're wrong, rascal. Oh, Jack. He's been doing this bit for a while. I want to oh, hit Jack. him right now. Oh, I want to reach across. All right, the, table. the hair ranking. Like, hair. We got to finish the hair ranking. Okay, so in the 15 seconds we have him in this movie. Yes. There's not. Go back. Can you show the yeah. the, the photo? Yeah. He's got a little tuft of hair going on in the front right you there. You know, like, it's like the kind of standard, you know, pull pull it back. Like, you know, it's, it's, I would put this in the category of mm. standard Travolta hair. Yeah. Standard Travolta hair. All right. So, so what were we thinking on this list? I'm going to put this below Look Who's Talking Now and above Basement's The Dumbwaiter. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. I think it's just it's pretty stereo st- standard stereotypical hair. A Looks um, a little unprepped. A on little that day. unprepped, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't like it's, an, it's, the Academy Awards. It, it has yeah. his it general look going on, but it looks like yeah. it wasn't like actually. It wasn't the Oscars. The it, it wasn't. It wasn't the Emmys. It was clearly like some press event that he probably didn't go too well, hard in the pain into most of these to... interviews were at this singular event so th- it, is it ever explained what event they're at no this image his hair in this has tremendous um stuck his fingers in product and then brushed it through yeah, once. Exactly. and just hauled it in and that has tremendous energy of that yeah so we're looking up below look who's talking now above basements the dumbwaiter yeah yeah yeah, I think that's where it deserves. And I have no other thoughts on the hair ranking in this right. point. So that's the hair ranking. Cue the music. Okay. Great hair ranking. Get great hair ranking. Great, great hair. Great. Great, great. Great. Great, great hair ranking. Great. Okay. Got it. Thank you. So, yeah. Yep. Um, we go through a little montage showing a few other people uh, who Adam that Adam, Adam Le- asking about their their fame, and we go we have a uh, Joel Schumacher and Sandra Bullock. Um, there's uh, Jeff Goldblum who is so lovely with his answer. Can we just talk about how lovely that man is in this answer? I'm I'm going to say something that might get Jeff to beat the shit out of me what? here. His, his whole persona is starting to get grating on me. I think Dave is no longer my friend. I, I'm sorry, dude. I, it, He's just, did you watch Thor Ragnarok? Yes, I did. And, and that one works because 
I, I can picture this character being like that without Jeff Goldblum in the role. Like, I can picture this character just being this, like, laid-back, doesn't-give-a-shit style, like, just not a care in the world. Are you aware that during the production of Independence Day, Jeff Goldblum and Harry Connick Jr., in spite of sharing no scenes together, hit it off really well and played jazz piano every night after set? It's the sweetest thing. And I've they were ever never heard. on screen together. They never shared a screen time. They just both are jazz people. And they just I just love that. Look, I'm sorry. His his whole thing is just getting great. Jeff Goldblum took like three years away from acting to play jazz piano at a club. <laughs> Doesn't he have an album? He does, yeah. Yeah. Like I I'm not saying he's the world's best actor. He has a type that he plays. Yes, he, he plays that type, but it, it's it's at this point, it is it is his brand. Mm-hmm. Like there is nothing else about him besides the fact that he is this weird, quirky, almost spaced out type guy. Yeah, it's the uh, and it's the daddy uh, brand. It's uh, it's yeah. I'm um, sorry, it's getting grating on me. Uh, finds a way. Like like, uh, like other actors have their their whole shtick. Like Ryan Ryan Reynolds has his whole like. He's just hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Yes, I'm in this movie now. Yes, he's, he's just I'm because I break the fourth wall. I'm really charming. Yes, and no disrespect. But, his his is yeah. still his is still fun for me. So far, so good. Him and Blake Lively's bit is what brings me life. Like it's not that I like Ryan Reynolds or Blake Lively individually, but them as a couple, mm-hmm. they they're a power couple. Like their memes that they share with each other. Yeah, it's pretty awesome because they just roast each other. Mm-hmm. It's a married couple, and I love it. Love it so much. Yeah, this isn't the Ryan Reynolds cast. Maybe we'll do the Ryan Reynolds cast one day, but... Uh, I won't judge you that many movies, will I? <laughs> uh, but we get to talk about X-Men Origins Wolverine, at the very least. Green oh, Lantern. Jesus. And Green Lantern. And also the change-up, I think it's called. It got a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, I remember that much. Some Jake... Reynolds Jason. has a lot of those. Yes. <laughs> Boy, does he. Yeah. It might be rougher than this than our later stage revolting that we'll get to. Yeah. But anyway, Jeff Goldman gives a very lovely answer. Just like, you know, about a celeb. He's like, you know, stars are just great people and all that. Um, It's very cute. I think Wes Craven also had a good answer. Yeah, Wes Craven. This movie gets, you know, the people who were big stars in the 90s. And they mostly just get, they're the ones who mostly give the fluff answers. Right. But they get a few interesting directors in there. Like, uh, we get Wes Craven, Cameron Crowe, uh, Joel Schumacher, and Mike Lee. We get and McGregor. You McGregor? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm still trying to figure it out. Don't do the answer. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, Stop doing voices, Will please. Smith's answer. Mm. Can we just talk about <laughs> the <got> sunglasses? <laughs> <laughs> just like... He had those what prepped the, and ready. What, I forgot like how extra Will Smith was <laughs> yeah. back in his heyday. And, for, like, for the listener at home, what, Will Smith is asked what makes a movie star and he's like oh it's a certain level of cool and then he takes his sunglasses out of his pocket and pops them on but wasn't that men in black weren't those the those were the men in black yeah, those because were the men this in black was glasses. like this was yes. right after men in black yes yeah. okay so i uh, so he just had them on hand for the whole press thing i believe that will smith probably has the men in black sunglasses on hand at any and all times call him up right now see if he has them on friend of the show will smith <laughs> friend of the show will smith <laughs> friend of the show uh, for, you ever think about how Will Smith is married to Jada Pinkett Smith, and their kids are named Willow and Jaden? I fucking hate you so much. Have you never right thought now. of that? No, I've not thought of that, and now I'm thinking of it. Now I can't stop thinking about it, and I hate you. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight <laughs> while I think about you ever that. Ever think that in Look Who's Talking that it's James and Molly Ubracchio, yeah. and their kids' names are Mikey and Julie? 
The last just the first letter. I know, but I'm just saying. It's in the same vein. But a lot of parents do that. A lot of parents do do that. I just find it very funny that they just took the exact same names and then just gender flip them for their kids. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> I think about that a lot. So, yeah, there's a montage of stars giving some good fluff answers. Yeah. And then we get an Access Hollywood um, bit that is definitely, it has this really weird VHS sheen on it. <laughs> like it oh, were yeah, recorded they, off, like they pointed the camera they, at the They TV. do this a lot in the film, and it starts to get annoying after yeah, a while. Yeah, it does. Well, and like, because like the footage that they're capturing, I notice a lot, this a lot in the Las Vegas scene shoot scene when they're shooting a scene for yes. uh uh nick nick digger when he's going around looking for what's it it starts with a c um carmine 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 it. yeah it's when like he says the, the camera they're using to shoot that with doesn't look bad yeah but then when they replay his actor's demo reel it looks like shitty vhs quality yes. and it's like did you degrade this <laughs> to look worse yeah it yeah. It does that. I think there's a point where it like cuts back and forth between regular footage and then does the VHS effect, and it's just really jarring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it because they never like like if you're going to go for the VHS effect, the thing is they never also put that on the audio. As far as I'm aware, if I remember, they don't ever put that effect on the audio, right? No, it's, it's not just like... regular clear audio. Yeah, it never sounds like it's from a recorded yeah. source. And the thing is, this this doesn't look like just a, a VHS rip. This looks like pointing a camera at a TV that's playing VHS. Right. Which is very strange. Like, it, you can even kind of see, like, a distortion, like, it's pointed at, like, a rounded screen. And this guy is a real director. Yes. Like, Adam Rifkin is playing himself. I looked through his credits, and I'm not going to lie, yeah. I don't recognize a single thing out of it. The opening, like, this Access Hollywood scene, is playing him up like he is Spielberg. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, the, it is big playing. hit director. Like Big hit director. Adam, he's doing all the crazy shots. Like, uh, like I'm not going to lie, I saw a lot of, like, one and two star rating yeah. IMDB things a- on Adam Rifkin in this scene, he's trying, to par- he's trying to parody himself in this movie as if, like, a parody of like a big name director, which like, like we're supposed to be intimately aware of his personality. Yeah, like he's doing the thing where he's trying to make himself look humble by making fun of himself, thinking he's famous. Um, where it's like, oh, he's so he's so natural, he can just make fun of himself. He's m- probably a really down to earth guy, but it just ends it doesn't up, work. It ends up coming off like he just really thinks of himself in this way. Um, like he's some big shot guy, like. Mm-hmm. He, he's everyone's like oh, Adam Rifkin, big guy. We got he. He wrote yeah. Small Soldiers. He wrote Small Soldiers, and the he, last movie star, and he wrote Mouse Hunt, like Gore Verbinski's masterpiece, Mouse Hunt. Those are the only bits that I know. I'm looking at his yeah, I, directing. I, I, IMDb I scrolled, and, and I'm just like, what is all this? A lot of these are like 2.2, 3.9, 3.7 IMDb stuff. Like, are they all like, are they shorts or are they films? They're films. They're, they're features. Films. Yeah. Jesus, because he was pumping them out. How, how many directing credits does he have? He has 25. And he started directing. And he's been, his first one was, his first feature was Never on Tuesday, 1988, which has a 4.5 on IMDb score. His latest one was... The Last Movie Star? No, there's stuff after that. I mean, it's like TV series or short stuff. So I would say his last like feature feature was the last movie star, 2017. And the like, last feature, the last movie star. And like, no yeah. disrespect to the to the working director who like just subsides making like studio B movies and uh, TV, but you can't be in that position and then go around and make this movie where you're hyping right. yourself up as the shit. Yeah, like. 
being like you can't parody yourself in this type of movie when no like one that. knows who you are. If you need, if he wanted that vibe to work in this movie, he needed to hire an actor to play a parody of a director instead of just no doing it himself. No offense to regular listener Adam Rifkin. Yes, regular listener Adam, Adam Rifkin. <laughs> um, the last movie started, my understanding, was actually pretty good. Um, I think uh, it has like a... Seven-something on IMDb. Decent it? IMDb. Its ratings are a little bit all over the place, right, though. It's it, like... If it's I'm right... Burt Reynolds and... <sighs> National Lampoon. If I'm right, it's Burt Reynolds' last movie. Is it? Well, it's oh, also got um he he had done he did five like movies that don't even have a Wikipedia page afterward. Um, but the last movie star was Burt Reynolds, like last real movie, quote unquote. Um, and while I've not seen it, it's an A twenty four picture that is, to my understanding, just like an exploration of Burt Reynolds as an actor, huh. and being like in a place where, um, like you're near the end of your career and Hollywood just doesn't have movie stars anymore. Hence. Well, and I also love that it's got Chevy chase in it. as well, <laughs> Who's also kind of in the last few rounds of his days. Chevy chase is just, uh, I've doesn't read, give a fuck anymore. I've read some interview where he's like, I don't understand why people don't hire me anymore. <laughs> and you, then you hear these stories, how much of an asshole he is on set. And then, and then I go to his Wikipedia, and there's just a thing that says "feud with Bill Murray." Oh, he, yeah. I, mean, I didn't know about the feud with Bill Murray. Yeah. I knew about um, what's her name? Uh, Aubrey Plaza, right? From uh, yeah, he told Lucy. Oh, wait, no, that never mind. That's a different. She, person. She, it, it, what's the show? Community, right? No, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Community. Uh, she did an interview with I can't remember who, but they're talking. They're talking about him on that show. And you can tell how hard she's trying to dance around nice. saying he's like, like, like she's saying like, oh, that's, that's just who he is. And you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Like she's trying to dance around it, but you can tell somewhere in there. It's just like, I kind of know he's an asshole. Chevy got fired from community, um, during the non Dan Harmon season. Okay. And when Dan Harmon came back, I've not seen Community, but I know this story. They, there was a interview with Donald Glover yeah. with Community, and they were doing kind of the similar thing where they were reading him back quotes that Chevy Chase had said negatively about the show while he was on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. about shit like I just I never understood the script. Yeah, I wasn't really interested in my character, and like Donald Glover's just like I mean that's kind of who he is. Yeah, <laughs> he just like shows up on set, and he's sort of like a grumpy old man. And Jack, I thought you were gonna wait outside, man. <sighs> Oh, uh, it's all good. Don't even worry about it. Uh. <laughs> Never rub another man's rhubarb. All right, Jack, just just stay over there. Okay. All right. We got rid of him. It's gonna run. No. It's gonna run out dry real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, the bit yeah, is already. Dead. I've been on this show for one episode, and yeah. I'm begging you, please. Well, stop. it is to minor saying Jack's moving out next week. Um, so I think I think we should be fine. I think Jack, Jack might actually be moving out next week, though. <laughs> no, I, that's what I'm saying. I think he's moving out next week. No, but I think Jack might be moving out next week. Yeah. Yeah. Your girlfriend's moving out next week is yeah. what I'm trying no, to say. Awesome. <laughs> um, Jack's your girlfriend? Yeah, me and Jack Nicholson have a thing. It's I'm, fine. Huh. Um, the, bit's, the bit's dead. Um, anyway, so the last bit about Chevy Chase before we get back to this movie is... He was fired during the non-Dan Harmon season, and then Dan Harmon came back, and he wanted to bring Chevy Chase back. The studio said no, but he so he wrote a cameo for Chevy Chase, and the studio's like he cannot film on our set. Wow! So they had to film <laughs> Chevy Chase's cameo offset, and then he appears as a hologram in the episode. 
<laughs> that is astounding. I have never seen Community. I just think that it's one uh, of the... I've, nev- I've never that, seen it either. I've watched says, all of it. Oh, yeah? I've seen all of Community. Is it good? Immensely I mean, toxic he was that they, they had to hologram him into an episode. I mean, like, he plays his part. It's not that, like, he's phone... Like, I wouldn't say, like, he phones it in um um throughout the season like his he his character definitely has a role in it it what's funny enough is like his character is the oblivious racist sexist um oh so he's just playing chevy chase well not aware they were filming yes he's just like that's that's kind of like what but like other people are saying it's like he plays a role that might have been fairly easy for him to like fill in you know i mean but the thing is is like he was always arguing about the script on the episodes and how he didn't really he didn't think his character was like believable in some way so like it might be unfair to say like he was playing a role that would be quote-unquote easy for him to do because i don't want i don't know if chevy chase is like sexist or racist mm-hmm. maybe he is i i don't know of any press i, I mean i would put money on it but i don't know for uh, yeah certain. yeah i'm not going to sit here and say definitively he's those things yeah like if but, if someone emails travolting at gmail.com and shoots us some articles of all the allegations then great i just haven't read those don't articles make me pull up his wikipedia it's always a good time when you pull up someone's wikipedia article and you get a controversy set yeah. in the sidebar that's yeah. when you know you're in right, for a trip right 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 so he might have that and that that could be very well be the case but all i will say from having seen all of the community watched every episode his presence wasn't super missed when he was gone yeah. like he definitely had a role to fill as like you know mm-hmm. the, the the concept of everyone's going to community college and mm-hmm. there are a variety of ages and he's like the 65 year old white guy who's trying to learn new skill for his yeah. job that he got fired from hmm <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's a yeah. bit, and he, he he played it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Chevy Chase was, you could say, um, goodbye from Hollywood. Um, but meanwhile, right, we're that's getting the end welcomed of the show. to Hollywood. Oh, um, I would like go. to note how thin the content of this film is. That every five seconds we tangent it for <laughs> something more interesting. Yeah. I mean, basically, <laughs> so. <laughs> The next thing that happens in this movie is, is they start looking for actors. Yeah, they start looking for a lead for this we're movie. We're three minutes into this movie, by <laughs> the way, fellas. And we're 45 minutes into this podcast. Um, <laughs> so the the host, an uh, open casting call. And, you know, we know that this movie is a mockumentary, so you can tell like these are all just hired actors who show up. But um, Oh, man. Yeah. No, I'm going to go. That's how this, that's how this movie's doing us. Um, we meet, we just have a montage of a bunch of different, like, young guys auditioning. Yeah. They're looking for an uprising, um, like an up and coming actor who this casting director is helping them out with. Yes. Um, who said she does all the Spielbergs. Um, does she? Okay. She absolutely does not. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but they go through all these, like, these young guys. There's one who they like called David Lake. Yeah. And then there's an older guy named um, what's his real name? Well, it's like it Tony, starts with a T. It starts Tony with, yeah. Magello or something well, like the, that. Well, the actor's name is Tony Marks. Yeah, Tony Marks. But what's the character he's playing? I forget. I don't, well, he, he changes his name to Nick Degger. Yeah, but he's he has a, but, another fake name prior to that. It's like Tony something. It's a different yeah. last name. Yeah, Tony Marks something. Yeah. But he shows up with just a Polaroid because he's new to Hollywood and ready to break out. No resume or anything like that. And they're like, well, this guy has got it, but he's old. David Lake has got it, and he's young. And, yeah. So they go with David Lake. 
Um, they the go there. Cut to restaurant scene. Yes. He's where... like, you were my first, Adam Rifkin, our hero. Yeah. Like, you were my first choice. And the guy's like, ah, sorry, I got hired to a feature in Texas. And they had me sign an NDA, so I can't bring a camera crew yeah. on. Uh, so they immediately just cut to another restaurant where they're with. Uh, with uh, Tony. Yeah. And you were my first choice. <laughs> he says you were my first. It's kind of a good bit. That's how they do it in Hollywood. That, that was a fun one. Like there are a few moments in this where you're like, okay, this is kind of fun here. This this is when I'm still like, okay, I get what this movie's trying yeah. to do. Let's I, see what happens. It, it was post uh, David Hasselhoff Baywatch yeah. scene where this movie just tanked for me. <laughs> yes. Um, he, he's like, yeah, so basically you're just gonna have to sell your life away to us. We're gonna follow you for the next, yeah. um, like year of your life until you make it. The end of this movie is gonna be you making it and getting a big role. I wrote down, um, they find a guy, dot, 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 oh man, dot, 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 this poor guy. <laughs> Cause like, it, we're, you're, you know, Jeff has the movie pulled up just for references for us. And the scene you have it on right now was perfect. The scene when he's sitting on the couch on the beach. Yes. Because the first thing that happens is as he's, like, talking to the guy, he puts his hand up to his mouth, and the director, Nick, right? Yeah, uh, Adam is Adam, the Adam, he's like, don't put your hand up. We got to see your face. And that was, like, the first tipping point for me. Like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, this guy's going to be so green. He's and he's, like, going to get destroyed. destroyed. Yeah. And, like, he's already being called out for things. And I'm like, this poor guy. He's indicative. He's, like, a picture perfect for lack of a term parody of like the guy just moves to hollywood and wings it mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm gonna be an actor yeah as a middle he's like he's he's a he, midlife crisis he guy. does well at that yeah he does well enough for this movie to feel like he is just generally lost 24 7 yes yes absolutely i agree with that and like um this scene is just kind of you know displaying his goals and what he wants that face that uh, the, the actor playing him is tony marks who has never done anything else nope he says there's no other credits besides this movie which i found hilarious like <laughs> yeah. this was like when i didn't know it was a mockumentary like writing credits he's the too. co-director on this movie yeah because for a reason <laughs> <laughs> I, I think doesn't he have writing credits let me check tony marks Spelled uh, M-A-R-K-E-S. Okay, he does. He does. Yes, he has writing credits. This, but is, his, also this is his last credit. <laughs> he has never uh, done anything. He dies in the act. stunt, for real. <laughs> um, he produced the movie Getting Hal in 2003. That name's familiar to me. Um, he also directed it. And he probably wrote it. He was the second unit director for Detroit Rock City. And that is all of his, like... <laughs> credits um, so he's probably just like rifkin's friend or something he's probably adam rifkin's friend <laughs> almost certainly it's either that or they pulled a real welcome to hollywood in the beginning <laughs> to find someone and they just and then they just like okay now you're going to be in a mockumentary about the exact thing we just did to you mm. oh maybe um and then we go from that to some audition scenes Yes. Um, well, he he's in, he's brought to a talent agency. Are we gonna like, Jeff? Hold on one second. Yeah. Are we gonna like go through minute by minute of the movie? Oh no! There there are large swaths. Of this gonna movie. Yeah, we're gonna, skip, like, we're gonna skip a lot of this. I'm gonna movie. say because like I'm just gonna get to the audition scene. Yeah. There there. Uh, well, are we talking about the well, taxi cab scene? Th- this scene's important. Okay. This scene's important because there's two lines in here that are essential. Yeah. The first is that they tell him his name is bad. Yeah. Um, whatever Tony is. And they say they're going to name him Nick Decker. 
Nick uh, Decker. Well, first they give him the the one guy gives him some weird ass goofy name, oh, which yeah. doesn't it doesn't land for me. Yeah, it's like it's supposed to be a parody of Hollywood, like trying to like come up with a fake name for an actor. If you guys had to change your name because of like Hollywood standards, mm-hmm. what would you change your name to? Ooh, that's I, that's not a question I've thought of um, before. So I I can't give you something off the bat. Do you have an answer for this? Mark Soap. Mark Soap. Miles Ford. I got nothing. I'm sorry, guys. I would be Miles Ford I, if they forced me to change my name. would be Mark Soap. Is, is that Mark Soap? S O A P. Is Miles is Miles Ford supposed to be Miles Teller and Harrison Ford? Mark. No, Miles with a Y. I like this. I have the okay. Named um, after... Can we record another with very special guest Mark Soap? <laughs> very special guest Mark Soap. <laughs> what if we did a whole episode where I'm like, yes, Stuart can be it, so we have Mark Soap, and you just and we just never yeah, explained just it, never explained it. Okay. Mark but, Soap, but, but you imagine like starring Mark Soap. <laughs> uh, but he gets his fake name, Nick Decker, his screen name. Um, and there's also a line that Adam says where he's looking at the camera, it's doing like, and he's like. The question of this movie is, can you take someone who's not the obvious choice and make them a star? And Which is a good question. Like It's a good question. And in I theory. Like, and while it doesn't really work for this movie, I do like it in context of our show. Mm-hmm. In the period we're at in Travolta's career. I'm like I'm trying to like really just nail Travolta to this movie because he's barely <laughs> in it. Um like the period how, how well that go with Boris and Natasha? Very well. Um, <laughs> uh, Mr. and Mrs. OB. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, our best our best movie. Fuck you. But um, that that's Travolta right now, especially with Pulp Fiction. Is like, Not the most w- obvious. He was the only actor who the studio fought for yep. Pulp Fiction. Like He's not the obvious choice. He's a, At this point, they think he's a has-been. Mm-hmm. A former good-looking guy who's like, whatever now older um he's not the obvious choice but they made him a star yeah and he's a and star then again. he immediately torpedoed it again not immediately we're still talking about some good movies okay. around this okay one. okay we talked about you know broken arrow, broken arrow. It, it, it got up to pulp fiction and then it took about five steps down and then gradually well, just ran back the battlefield earth what can i say um <laughs> yeah but then after this it's the auditions it's the auditions yes Oh wait, he. We just talk about the one good joke of this movie. Is what? it? Is it the taxi driver? Um, it's he gets some headshots printed. Oh yeah, that is before the audition scene. He he has to get some headshots. Yeah, uh, to ship out to everyone, and be like, I'm the new star in town. So him and the director Adam go to this like headshots <laughs> head photo company. printing shop. They got like a king card. He he has like boxes on boxes stacked they, they like, said he was going to get 200 and he's like i got a thousand got a thousand because why not but then they printed off like dick necker <laughs> dick necker and you can tell they picked the name nick decker just for this joke yep <laughs> that is the whole reason his name is nick decker in the series because like we want to make the dick necker joke <laughs> he's like i spent nine hundred dollars on this it's like i sold my it's life like, just give me my money back it's like well sir if you see here you clearly wrote down in the invoice dick necker. dick necker which is the part where this movie breaks apart in the fairly realistic mockumentary yeah. which is like no no one is no i don't care how plastered you got the night before which there is no implication that he was 
in any like frayed state of mind. I don't care what has happened. There's no way, even your fake name, you're going to screw it up like that. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's a it's a it's a written form. It's not a printed form that he handed him. So he wrote that down with his own hand. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would never be like Sefri Dweeney. Jan Dackman. Jan Dackman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, there's the audition scenes next. Um, Which is the only other good joke in this thing. The Australian cab driver. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's that's the other really good joke in this. And then they're like, no, you're supposed to be a grizzled New York cab driver. And then he just does the Australian accent again, but and grizzled. It, <laughs> and then it cuts away. Yeah. Uh, I like when he's doing the Baywatch audition, and it, like, quite literally, he strips down to his underwear. Yeah, they have him stripped down to his underwear. And he's where, running. This is where I was like, this, I mean, I know they're making fun of this, yeah. but this is, also, given 1998, probably what really happened yeah, in is, audition rooms. Like I said, this this movie has a bite. It's very accurate. It just doesn't land the satire part of it. Right. And it, so it's in some weird it, like ether between uh, parody and realistic. It, it's accurate in the parts where it is just him trying to actually get a role. But when they go for the everything goes wrong parts, is when it falls into yeah. the full parody section. It, get, it gets all the like the machinery of Hollywood well. Yes. Uh, because Hollywood is a machine. This we know. Um, and, you know, these auditions are pretty well like he's forced to strip down. Like, he's really demeaned in the auditions uh, mm-hmm. between the taxi driver and all that. But he does finally get a role. Um, and Adam is very happy about this. Because he was wor- he's getting worried. Bystander number two, I believe they yeah, called the role. he's playing bystander number two in Baywatch. And I was not expecting this to be, like, a real scene that happens. I thought, like, yeah, he's going to, like, show up and it's going to be a beach. What would be beautiful is if... But there's the, there's a whole base game. Like, he shows up at the actual set of Baywatch. No, the question is, I, I would love to find this episode of Baywatch and see if they actually let him into this role. I doubt. I don't think they did. Because they swapped this him was out a with a fake, it. like... They probably did this during the lunch break. Yeah, the lunch Baywatch. break of Baywatch. Do you think Adam Rifkin just walked up to them and just went, hey, so like, I'll throw you $50 if you let me. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can tell it wasn't an actual set because there's no way they would build this whole base camp for Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, no Because he shows up at a base camp. He's introduced to the second AD. Um, he's like, yeah, we're going to set you up in your trailer. Bystander number two. First team PA will be along and grab you in a little bit and then we'll get going. Hair and makeup are going to get you cooking. Um... Stuart just said, like, acid flashbacks when I said those words. <laughs> it's almost like you do that for a living. Yeah, it's um, almost like I do first-team PA for a living. Um, but we get to the beach. As somebody who has actually worked with, like, reporter number two on a show before, <laughs> like, hearing the words bystander number two, it, it's like, yep. Stuart's <laughs> so like, I watch movies to get away from this. <laughs> somebody probably actually had to wrangle, uh, you know, Nick Decker <laughs> on set. <laughs> Um, but he gets there, and then actual David Hasselhoff shows up. Yep. One of, like, the three actors who was actually in this movie. In it. In like, it. in yeah. on the like, joke. Like, in, like in on the joke. Like, ha- it's Hasselhoff, Lawrence Fishburne, Which is argu- and Lawrence Tom Fishburne. Arnold? Question <laughs> mark. Lawrence Fishburne is arguable. Like, it's a weird one. It almost feels like they just walked up to him and caught him off guard. Mm. Like, there's something about him that feels like he's just like, uh, okay? Yeah. You can't really tell, but Hasselhoff you can is in on it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because he's also a producer of Baywatch, and he's like, yeah, Nick, we're going to get you in. We're going to get you in. He's supposed to run up and yell, look, someone's but drowning. They have, they have, like, a full fucking crane and, yeah. like, two cameras set up and all this stuff. Like, it's a set set. Yeah. They're on. They were filming yeah. that day, man. And there's a pretty good bit of him being like standing by the beach rehearsing his line over and over again even though it's like such an inconsequential part of the episode i love the amount of effort he tries to give the look he's dr- yeah. or hey he's drowning <laughs> because at as anyone who's been present on a set will know that there's no one who takes their job more seriously than the background and yes. one-liners yep that's a hundred percent they think that it will be their break yes everyone's trying to really show i worked on a, something recently where they, we had like 15 background and the one thing i told these people is don't go in the street <laughs> pat pat oswald has a really hot, hot take how many of them do you think went in the street all 15 <laughs> because like they were all trying to be the guy in front of the crowd because there's a crowd and they're watching something happen and all of them want to be the guy in front who's like most clearly in camera yeah and so like they would just like leapfrog each other to always be the guy in front that's uh that's how they found tom cruise uh, yeah <laughs> and i'm like you, you, you're all out of focus you're blurry. My God. Patton Oswalt has a really good book, uh, bit about that in his uh, Silver Screen Fiend yeah. book when he's on the set of, uh, oh God, what's the movie? The Submarine? Uh, what uh, the hell is it? Yeah, the, the Kelsey Grammer Submarine movie. Where yes. Patton and Oswalt's like, I actually have to, I can't finish out the shoot. He, so he tri- walks off a submarine in he, the movie. He tries to give lines and like he goes hard at it and the director's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck back there. Yeah, it's like, it, it is a pretty good bit of Nick Decker like really going for this one line role like, because that's it's gonna accurate. Be his, yeah, be- that that is how it happens. Um, so it's not how it happens, but it's how they think it happens. Yes. So he's on set of Baywatch, and there he's getting ready to do his line. <laughs> and he steps and on a stingray. He runs out into the water and just collapses, and he's <laughs> in pain. And they they all come and get him. They're like, "Do you have a medic on set?" Like, "Yeah, we got a medic on set." And they find out like his foot is bleeding because he's been st- like stabbed by a stingray <laughs> bar one of the i think rifkin himself asked what's a stingray and that joke just doesn't like that didn't, ha, didn't like, like how like, how do what's you what's a stingray how do you like did stingrays only become famous after steve Irwin died <laughs> or like were they like an obscure rare animal or some mm-hmm. shit i think they're like keep it elevated keep it elevated and then he's then sitting he goes on a truck up on the back of the yeah. truck with and it is, all the way down yeah um but hasselhoff's playing along in this and he's like oh, you know i gotta get someone and he picks like a random girl out of the crowd and it's like you're you're saying the line and he, he, he says something, it's like, oh, tough. This this would have been his break. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, David. Hasselhoff is going to choose him as his replacement in Knight Rider after that scene. Oh, bad. Too bad. Um, so it's at the, and then he has more auditions, and that's where we get the Australian accent uh, yeah. a scene where he's waiting in line and David Lake is there. And as he's waiting, um, David is coming back from his audition and he says like, yeah, so, uh, George didn't say this, but like they want an, they want an Australian accent. It's like, really? It's like, yeah, like I didn't do it, but you know, I just want to let you be aware of that. And so he steps in the audition room and starts speaking with the Australian accent. And He's that's a whole good time. I, how you doing? It's like, this is a New York grizzly accent. So and he does the accent again. Yeah. Australian would grizzly, yes. which is, which is another good joke in this film. I really do like mm-hmm. it, where they're like, uh, what do you, what do you do? Australian, but grizzled. And he has a few more audition scenes. Like, there's one where he's, like, outside next to a cabin with yeah. somebody, and he's just reading the scenes, like, because he's, that like... That is an uncomfortable scene, yeah, by the way. Yeah, because he's 
reading as like a rapist. Yes, he but he's like, oh, I'm not this, the hero of the movie. He's like, he raped this girl in high school, and like they're they're meeting each other again for reasons that I don't ever think are defined, unless yeah. I just completely blanked out on it. And they're like, this is you're talking to her, and you're he's she, being funny. Yeah, yeah, like, you're you're trying, you're to, trying to like she's trying to vent out her PTSD about this situation to you, and you're supposed to be like this. You feel horrible about it. You feel like remorse. He's like, oh, I'm the bad guy? Yeah, and he tries to, like, play a joke. And this scene comes off genuinely uncomfortable. Yeah, this is not a good scene. This is, like, God, I I did, I was not having a good time with that scene. Uh, It's, it's gross. It's a little gross. But it's at that point when I'm writing down, he's pretty bad. He's really bad. He's really bad at acting. (laughs) And he doesn't have it at all and so i'm wondering the rest of the doc because we're not even at the halfway mark at this point what are we at like 20 minutes at this point we're at 29 jesus christ we're yeah. over an hour and this, this is podcast. an hour this is an hour 40 minute isn't it hour hour 27 hour 27 oh, but yeah. next scene they go to madame tussaud's wax museum um and nick decker is He's just like standing. the reason you want to be famous is so you can get a wax figure like yourself that's the vision i've always had in my mind i'm like Kind of into this and for then, the wrong ideas, buddy. And then Come they on, pan man. across the. Oops. And then they pan across the wax figures, and he's just standing there with like just two thumbs up. Oh my god, it's two thing. thumbs up bit. Because <laughs> yeah. it comes back. That's Wait, the it one. Does? That's the reoccurring bit because like there was one where he's like on an he's on the red carpet and he's like mm-hmm. we're gonna bring you on the red carpet and I'm gonna introduce you as like uh, Nick Dagger and you're oh, gonna yes. be like this cool guy and you just gotta be suave and he's like, hey, you're gonna be the next movie star. He's like. Two thumbs up, and he does it really awkwardly, yeah. and to the point where Adam, the director, is like, "You gotta stop doing the fucking two thumbs up thing. It looks <laughs> weird." And he keeps doing it, yeah. and so like the two thumbs up thing that yeah. he does with the Wax Museum was a callback, and he does it at the end when he's all like busted up from the motorcycle stunt with his two thumbs yeah. up thing, and I'm like, "This fucking guy, <laughs> I love it so much." Oh, That's like a good bit that they keep bringing uh. back. Is this? awkward as fuck two so thumbs up thing. he's not having any success at um you know getting roles at this point so adam has the brilliant idea that they'll go to the the big fight in las vegas like a boxing match well i think what it is it's like he needs to like film a demo reel with yeah. adam and adam says but i can't has, go i'm going to those this fight in yeah. vegas it's like well that's a great idea i should go with you so they go to vegas they go to vegas and the gimmick is that they're going to find a celebrity they're going to film, like, this movie, this demo reel of Av, him walking through, like, the crowd in Vegas trying to find Carmine. Yeah. Who's his brother. And then they're going to pick an actor. Or they're going to find a celebrity and, like, spring on them. And they want playing Stallone. Opposite the First scene. off, what's the race of Nick Degger? Extremely white. Yes. And who is Who'd, the actor they find to play Carmine? Lawrence Car- Fishburne. <laughs> Noted white actor, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> like... I think that I, that's either it's either part. I think that it has to be part of the joke. I yeah. That, see, that's is the that thing. the reel makes no sense because he's coming up being like Carmine, you're my brother, and Lawrence Fishburne does like a New York accent. He's very funny in this scene. Lawrence he Fishburne's is very, very good. But like the way he's like looking around the stadium, he's like Carmine, mm. Carmine. Car- and, like it's like after the fight's done, so like all the crowds are all around, and, and it's just he like he goes up to what is it? One of the fighters and like the promoter, yeah. and yeah. he's like, "Have you seen Carmine?" And they're just like, "No." Who the fuck are you? And then he just turns he's away. Like, okay. And he does it so awkwardly. He's like, if he's in Carmine, like, yeah. no, it's like, okay. And he just walks away. Um, <laughs> like, what the fuck? But right before this, there's a scene I want to I talk about that I think is very funny. 
um, where he and Adam go to their hotel room and they're being oh led through by this God. Italian concierge oh, at the hotel. He just really, man. really, really wants it's to wants get to his breakout role. And this, this concierge really wants to be in the movie. I'll get you a piano player. He no, 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 I can really, I can bring and, him in right and, now. And he's got like one of those like um, really light Italian voices where he's like, yeah, buddy, you know, I'm just, uh, I just really want to be in the movies. Uh, no meats on this table. You guys want meats? I can get like, you meats. Yeah, I'll get you some meats, buddy. Um, it's very I think he is. I think that guy's the best actor. When, when, in this he, movie, when he, he starts slipping the casino chips oh, through the yeah. Door. So they're rehearsing a scene here. Like, so and like, what the fuck is that sound? And they and go to their door, the and he's like sliding these chips through the crack of the door, and they open it, and he's crouched on the <laughs> ground. We're not making this shit up, folks. Like he's literally like, I thought I'd give you guys some money. <laughs> I think this guy's generally so funny. He keeps looking in the he's lens. He's the funniest character he in this a, entire. He's the best mo- performance. He is hundred percent so funny. He's hilarious in this uh, mockumentary. Um, What's his? Is he doing anything? What was his character's name? Um, I don't know what his character is. Did well, he go on to do anything? Probably Tony Meatballs or something. But like, they don't say what his name is uh, ever in this. Oh, but like, watch, watch this. I'm, I'm Watch how much he's trying to stay in the movie. Because they're telling him, all right, buddy, we got everything. You can go now. And he just keeps finding new questions to ask as he slowly disappears <gasps> away from the front. Wait, no, it's not Ross Mark. Sorry. Oh, wait. Yep, Steve Shur- Sharipa, Entertainment Director Riviera. So this guy was... He's actually been in some stuff. Hell yeah. He's actually been in some stuff. Good 76 actor credits. Hey, Hell yeah. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Why is he not the why is he not the star of this I, movie? I don't know. Do but we he, got anything good in there? He got welcome to uh, Hollywood. Um He's in a lot of shows. He was in The Sopranos. I, I, um, if he was not in The Sopranos, I, I'd be very I was going to make a joke about him probably being in The Sopranos, <laughs> and then he's in The Sopranos. He, Jesus he was he was uh, Bobby Bacala. Ba- Wait, Bacho. how many episodes is that? That's um. He was he was in all, he was in like he was a series regular. Okay, in so he's yeah. Okay, so he didn't do anything between 1999 and 2007. And afterwards, he was in Open Season Two. Um, and then he's just in TV so shows. Season two, yeah. that animated movie. Yeah. Is that the WWE. Wait, no, that surfs up. They got no. the WWE. Um, oh, Jesus Christ, I forgot about. Pretty surfs much up. after that, he's mostly just in like TV series. He's in like some small film, so he's not like big name, but like I'm happy to see him working. He was yeah. in Jersey Boys. Is Vito? <laughs> he was fun in this movie. He was yeah. really. He, he should fun. have been the lead of this movie. <laughs> this movie would have been so good. I would have given this movie five stars had it been about. An extremely Italian hotel concierge trying to break in Hollywood. He just keeps staring at the camera and trying to get his mug shot in there. <laughs> he is just so funny and welcome yeah. to welcome to Hollywood. It uh, makes me so happy that he had success. Oh, and then has he has written he... six books. Graduated from Brooklyn what? College. Jesus Christ. Um, his uh, lives in New York City. Hell yeah. Uh, with his wife and, and two daughters. And then he comes back in at the end because uh, he uh, Rifkin's trying to make. We'll, we'll get we'll get really hype when he comes back at the end of this, because I think Abe gave me so much joy. Um, but he finds fish. They find Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, and they make him play opposite. And I this cannot scene. tell. I really cannot tell if he was in on the bit. I I think he had to have been, if only because like with a lot of these like interviews, they could probably get away with um, you know, putting the celebrities in this movie. I feel like had Lawrence Fishburne like. Been required to speak lines, 
I don't think you can get away with putting him in this movie without him. without sag breathing down. Yeah, without your neck. sag coming at you. Yeah, like when it's just interviews and it's just impromptu, you probably get away with it. But when it's sag, would be on this movie if the if he was not aware. Oh, yeah. they would have they would have killed him. They don't um, fuck around, dude. But Fishburne's actually really funny in that scene as well That's because he does well, this like really thick Brooklyn accent. Well, and it's funny because like he doesn't give nick any room to fit yeah. in lines because he's like carmine it's me your brother and he just starts going off on a tangent and just goes in he just goes in on it and like nick doesn't say anything else and then the demo reel ends and it's like uh, and it's uh, more of lawrence fishburne's demo reel than it is his when they get to the actual <laughs> money shot yeah so um it's at this point i'm pretty sure we get to the girlfriend cast which yes. is the single-handedly worst part of this film i think i feel like i can confidently say we're at general consensus on that yes it's pretty bad yeah there's some like random bits of him like meeting he meets with like erlin he meets with tom arnold for some reason tom arnold's in this movie yeah has multiple lines um and then yeah it's the girlfriend auditions where they're like okay literally the the only way we're gonna make you famous is if you have a girlfriend who we can like promote you with yeah. So they audition all these these young actresses, and one of them. Oh my god! The girl that like goes hard at it, hard in the and paint. like they're 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 literally just telling them like you're gonna have to live with him, sleep with him, all that stuff. Well, and th- he's like the director Adam is like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Yeah, but it's like but it, like the wink, wink, is wink. That we're not gonna hire you if you don't do it. Right. Exactly. Which, it's pretty which fucking. This awful. scene was directed by Weinstein. If yeah. you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. But that's the weird thing about this movie. <laughs> This movie is a parody of Hollywood. Yes. This feels like the least like parody of Hollywood possible. Like, yeah, like this, this this actually happens. Yeah. And you would think this is the scene where they'd really just like dial up the the parody like, aspect the satire. Of it. Yeah. But this instead feels... this is like the most normal scene in this... the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty brutal. And the last girl that like hops yeah. on him and is like and it's fully about the, it's blown. About the, she she re, ready un, to like blow this yeah, she guy. She unbuttons his pants and Rifkin's just like, all right, well that's it. Uh, we'll I, we'll, I, we'll call you back. And then and then, and then she they leaves. Hire none of them. <laughs> and then she leaves. And uh, Adam is like, uh, uh, Nick, you good? And he's like, I think we should hire her. <laughs> and um, then he, then they say, okay, well that was all the uh, girls. None of the famous girls showed up. And then yeah. the casting director's like, yeah, I I don't I don't think yeah, they're gonna they're be like, this bit isn't gonna work. Jennifer unless... Aniston passed. Courtney Cox, but obviously it's all the Friends cast. Yes, <laughs> they got all the like the, they called all the Friends cast like Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're not gonna do this. Um, I, I wrote down a quote like. Um, what kind of money are we talking about? Because they call one of the actress's agents. So it's like, yeah, we're we were interested in having her play be the girlfriend yeah. for Nick Decker. And the first thing is, what kind of money are we talking about? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's an awkward pause. It's that it's that conversation that every fucking indie producer has with yeah. cast and crew when it comes to it's pay. great experience. It, you know, it's not a really about the money. Mm. Like it's more yeah. about the experience I'll, I'll, I'll and the pay message. You in exposure. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's like this movie's gonna be really big, and then when we make the sequel, my next movie. Um, but they picked this girl Angie, yeah. Um, who who it's, is... it's never explained what she had been in. Yeah, is is she? So I, this is the part I didn't get. Is she? An, is she playing a character, or is this an actual person? Because I don't. I'm, oh, she's, I'm unaware. She's of playing her. a character. Okay, so because because I was unaware of the name, and I'm like, is is did they actually An- like... Angie Everhart? 
Like, did they get someone? Who in this mockumentary is married when they yes. hire her. Yes, which be... is a singular throwaway line that they never bring up again. No, because, like, they, they mentioned that all the scandals were starting, but, like, nothing after that. Yeah. yeah we never see her husband. We never see her. Yeah, husband. she's at home in that one, and like, like when they try to call her back, she's at home, but they just never acknowledge the husband again. And she's like, "I, I guess I'll do it." Sure. A- Angie Everhart is played by an actual actress named Angie Everhart. Like she's playing herself in the movie. Okay. Um, but she's not. She's not like a big name. What's her top role? Would you? If her you... top credit role in IMDb is the last action hero, where she plays a video babe. Okay, so she is just. Extra promoted to, uh, and like she's one of the she's like featured extra, um, like support, like can't like appearance on TV, okay, actress. But I guess, like, for some, they they have her in this movie as like a superstar, and the whole bit is like she just got married, but we're gonna make the the thing about how she's like cheating on her husband. Mm -hmm. So they hire her, she agrees to do it for some reason, yeah. And they go to the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, they go to Sundance. They're doing some events where they're, like, together. And it's supposed to be, like, this thing where, like, a bunch of the press are doing stories on, you know, this girl's with Nick yeah. Decker. And, like, and who's this guy? It's and never explained how he gets that, like, like that article on the up-and-coming actor in, yeah. what was it, Hollywood Reporter? He's in the Hollywood Reporter and Variety because he's spot because he's with this um, this famous girl. And for some reason, that results in him getting a bunch of articles written about him. Yes, and, yeah. he, and he gets, like, this upcoming superstar article, which is, it's it's way out of, like, out of left field with how the parody in this film has been going so far. Yeah. To hit you it's with It's been, this, like, realistic parody, and now it's, like... Hollywood <laughs> superstar. Now it's getting unsettling. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, this is not how that would work. Yeah. Um, but it works, and he, he meets with a producer... Um, who tells him he's making a movie that's a cross between the werewolf and the abominable snowman. <laughs> and then he adds in later on, when he's talking to David Lake about the scene, he adds in some other monster that I cannot remember. He's like, yeah, Frankenstein's evolved too. Um, but the producer's also like, I'm sensing a little Travolta Willis in you. Yes, uh, he, when he's talking, specifically when he's talking about like, his emotional range and yes. noted emotional range actress bruce or actor bruce willis we have talked on this very specific show about how bruce willis's like skill as an actor and that is, is that the is that he's it, a blank void you can put other emotions onto. <laughs> yeah like the the um uh crew what was the, the effect the kulashov uh, effect in pulp fiction where like He's a blank face, but Ving Rhames is putting all his emotions onto it. Yeah. We've it, talked about this yeah. in our Pulp Fiction episode. Um, so I would not use Bruce Willis as a great example of an emotional actor. Yeah. This is um, no disrespect. Yeah, no, he's he's good for what he does. Yeah. It's just if you wanted to get, like, you know... Travolta makes sense. Not in terms of comparing him to Nick Decker, but in terms of, like, yeah, an emotional actor. Yeah. Um, so it's at this point, I believe the director Adam gets a film, a feature well, film. First, they pass on Nick, and they give the role in the movie to David Lake. Yeah, who's just like become this recurring force of evil in Nick Decker's life. Yeah, he becomes this weirdly like comic villain against him. Like the only scene where he does any actual malice is the Australian accent scene. 
Mm-hmm. And otherwise, it's just he's getting successful in the background while while Nick Decker over here is getting jealous. Mm-hmm. They they try one final desperate measure because uh, Adams get Adam gets offered a movie. It's they a, try one thing before he starts his movie, uh, and they go to the Oscars. <laughs> um, we never see them make it inside of the Oscars. We only see them on the red carpet, which probably goes along to them just having a press pass. Yeah. Um, they meet up. They meet Adam up. is wearing this ridiculous top hat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah Adam is huge ass top hat. They're they're handing out uh, Nick Decker's headshots on the red carpet, and this is something you get the impression the people were not actually in on the bit, um, because he does hand it to some like famous people, like Roger Ebert turns them down for it. Um, R.I.P. Roger Ebert. Yeah. Um, Salma Hayek passes on it. Um. They're all like, why is this guy handing out his headshots on the red carpet at the Oscars? How did this happen? But next scene... Welcome to Hollywood. His producers... Adam's producers are like, you need to cut this movie off and make your next movie. This is going to torpedo your career. We have all this... And they say the words, we have all this footage of you looking like fucking Mr. Peanut on the Oscars (laughs) red carpet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. His top hat is huge. (laughs) He does look like Mr. Peanut. (laughs) That top hat was written just for that joke. Yeah. Looking like Mr. Peanut on the red carpet. Um, Remember when Mr. Peanut died last? Last year. Oh my god, no. I forgot about they, that. They made their whole marketing scheme was that Mr. Peanut died. <laughs> You're gonna have to learn how you have to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. And then his other movie, by the way, oh, was it Deadline, Deadlocked, something Deadlocked, like that? Something like that. De- it it uh I checked the IMDb. Came out before this movie. Oh wait, it's an actual movie that he makes. Yes, yes, it's a real movie that he made. It is I, I checked, it's it's his director credit just before this movie. So I don't know if they were being made in tandem. I guess they were. I would guess he was already making that movie and decided it would be fun to make this movie at the same time. Um, it's a real movie. A denial. It's called Denial. Denial. That was it. In Denial. Yeah, um, it's it's a real... It's a, uh, What's its rating? Um, it has a 5.4 on IMDb. <laughs> um... Patrick Dempsey is in it. But uh, there's really not much about this movie <laughs> that I can find information on. But Adam's like, yeah, I'm leaving the movie, um, but Nick's going to stay on, and the sound mixer and the camera guy agreed to play along with him. What are they paying them with? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Exposure. Um, yeah, so Nick Nick is doing this film himself. Um, his next idea is to go to... Con. Yeah, Con. Con or can? Can, con, doesn't matter. I mean, I, 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 I always go, oh, that was a beautiful peak right there. You're welcome. Uh, I, I always go with like the, people are always like, you have to pronounce it in the local dialect way. And it's like, it. I mean, it doesn't always work like that. Because it, it, it becomes weird when you get to, um, random example here, uh, near me is a town called Newark, Delaware. But if you go to New Jersey, there's a Newark also, which would be pronounced as Newark. Hmm. So it's New York, New Newark. York. Is am I right? It's in New Jersey, Jeff. New Jersey's just the big suburb. I'm gonna kick the shit out of you York right now. Long Island native here, going to kick the shit out of you for saying that. New Jersey's just a suburb of New York. 
fucking beat you. <laughs> it's not a real state. So how's the Willis Tower they over there? Chris Christie oh, twice. Oh man. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're but, gonna go to the Cannes so, Film Festival, but they have fate. no money. So Nick sells all of his possessions, in a, including in his a, card. In a weirdly ticket. desperate, out of place scene, he sells all his stuff because he's so committed to becoming a famous actor. I feel and like they so, almost actually set up a yard sale. He so he gets his he gets his the money he buys the tickets and then he goes to the set of denial to tell Adam this. Um, and Adam's like, no, I I forgot to tell you, I can't I can't go. And yeah, I thought you knew, like I yeah. can't go. But he got tickets for him and Angie to go. But on the set of denial, we you, see. you knew who pops back up because Adam because uh, um, Nick's like, why didn't you just put me in this movie? That could have been the ending of our movie. Is I'm in your movie. And I was like, oh, I, I'm just the director. I don't choose uh, people to play those yeah, roles. He's like the casting then, director had full control yeah, over this movie. And then who comes around the corner? Our friend from the hotel, the concierge. The concierge Tony guy. Tony Meatballs himself. Just, <laughs> Tony Meatballs. He comes up and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm really happy to be in this movie right now, dude, you know? Um, Thank you for flying me out. And he's like, thanks for flying me out. Uh, accommodations at the hotel are great. <laughs> like he's Adam had complete control face. about getting this guy hired, and he just didn't want Nick in his movie. Um, I want him to see Denial just in case this guy's actually in it, because uh, that would be lovely. Oh my god! Wait, no, uh, he he plays. Uh, he asked someone about uh, pistachios. Like, like, do you yeah. want a, a some some nut? Yeah. He asked uh, him. His line is like, "Do you want some?" Uh, well, that's whatever. that's Nick's because after that, Adam's like, "Okay." My cover's blown. I gotta give Nick a role in this movie. So he doesn't play the guy handing out peanuts or popcorn. As popcorn. Yeah, no, and he no, messes no, it's, it up it's, by it's, saying peanuts. Yeah, he's like popcorn, popcorn, and then he does another take. He's like peanuts, peanuts. And like, there's only like, pop- it, You just said popcorn. It says it on the box. <laughs> the AD gets mad at him. And he's like, hey guys. He starts we, going over him legitimately. He's like, he's like, you sold hundreds of thousands of boxes of popcorn. This like, should come. You, you natural. look like you're doing it for the first time. Yes. And then they cut his scene. And then Rifkin has a conversation with him in the parking lot afterwards. They're like, yeah, we cut your scene. They hug because Nick's really excited. He's like, oh, that's really kind of him to cut my scene. Even though it's cutting this chance to end this movie. So he goes to Khan. And meets uh, noted actor of clean slate, Cuba Gooding Jr. (laughs) He meets Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, He and Angie go. And she she doesn't tell Angie that Adam isn't going yes and that adam's no longer a part of the project there's also a random interview with matthew mcconaughey where he rambles about a hot dog for like a minute do you remember this yeah mcconaughey's just like yeah you know if i was uh if i was playing i only remember it because you're playing the movie (laughs) and it's it's almost so on brand for him that i i almost feel it if someone told me this was completely unscripted i would i would believe them i do believe that this answer is unscripted i because he's just rambling on about a hot dog. <laughs> it's Matthew McConaughey in a nutshell, or in a in a, a in a hot in dog. a meat sack. Um, what? What's that a hot dog? Is he's he's a, he's in a oh. meat sack. But they they, they go to con, um, and they get a bunch of publicity because it's like Angie and Nick back in the news, 
And then he drops to Angie that Adam's not coming. And the only reason she was coming because she wants to be in an Adam Rifkin movie. And they get on Said the no little boat ever. and she's yeah. like, tell me the boat's shitty and I'll get on the boat. Just tell me yeah, it's shitty. And he's like, all right, the boat. <laughs> in con, in front like, of the guy who owns the boat. It's a little rude of them to be having this argument in front of the guy who owns the boat. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, okay, fine, there. the boat's shitty. Let's go. This guy's just sitting there ready to sail them across the, the con uh, peninsula or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, yeah, this boat sucks. <laughs> so, rude of um, so that whole thing happens, and he goes to con with Angie. Yeah. Um, and it's at that point he meets the um, <laughs> another director, the another director producer. for this action uh, film, and they said your audition is you have to. Well, so he says you got to do all your own stunts. Do you do your own stunts? And he he's clearly, like, what kind of stunts? What kind of stunts are we talk about? It's like all kinds of stunts. Like I'm talking motorcycle ramps. Like, can you ramp a motorcycle? Is like, jet skis. Uh, how far is like, like 50 feet. You got to like get really high. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And he's like, do you know, first, first he asked him, do you want this part or not? Cause like, this is going to depend on how you get this part. And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can do it. And so his audition is that he has to, um, what are we? What are we looking at? Oh, uh, Jack Nicholson is outside the window right now. Right. <laughs> um, um. So his his audition is that he has to ramp. Uh, he has to like jump this like his bike off this ramp into. Which, by the way, in the scene, it's just sand. Yeah. Like he's. If anything, he's gonna crash on they some tell, sand. They tell him he's gotta do a forty foot one, but he's only doing like a five foot one. Yeah. Um, and then they speed up the footage for the yeah they yeah. speed up the footage and then which they, is really jarring and then they cut it before it he fades gets to, to black and then all you hear this movie is can't like, afford to have him do this stuff. no yeah. of course not and it just you hear a bunch of car like motorcycle crash people screaming all that stuff and ambulance and rides this is when I thought okay is this movie about to have a really good ending because I thought he was about to I thought he died it would have been fantastic I thought that would have been so good if this movie had cut to black. And come back up on Adam standing in front of his grave. And he's just like, yeah, so this didn't really work out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> he's like, uh, but you know, he got to be famous. And then like he held up a new, an article about like actor, actor dies on audition. <laughs> yeah. Instead, they're cowards. And <laughs> Nick lives. He just breaks so I many bones that, in his that, body. That's your take on this. They're cowards. They didn't kill him. Um, yes. So he Nick is in the hospital with so many like broken he's like, bones. He's like tiny. Angie, his fake girlfriend, who for so some reason is still around. Um, and, and she's like proud of him. Yeah. Which, even though she's the one that straight up said, you can't do this, you're going to fucking kill yourself. And so uh, Adam and uh, Angie visit him in the hospital. And he's like, hey, man, like I'm really sorry this happened to you, but it worked. Yeah. And I got some other people that want to meet you. And then the paparazzi comes in and starts flashing yeah. him. Yeah. And then the movie basically ends. And, and they, ends. they do a where are they now thing with one last good joke in which they say that um, they bought the rights to the Nick Decker story. Adam Rifkin will be directing it. And then they say David Lake, Lake will, be, will playing be playing Nick Decker. Decker. <laughs> 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 Angie's, Angie Everhart is currently single and acting in major Hollywood films. Oh, man. But is she single? <laughs> <laughs> David Lake has been signed to stars Nick Decker in the Nick Decker story. Yeah. Good final joke. And then Dennis Hopper just pops, who did not appear in this movie, Frank, just says, welcome to Hollywood. Oh, they, they, yeah, they, well, they're... they do like a star thing. Yeah. And we get another John, John Travolta, Travolta, where he just says, welcome, welcome to, to Hollywood. Hollywood. That's where they. That's where Adam Rifkin obviously like said, asked them questions at the very end of the interview process. All right, and then can you just look in the camera and say, welcome to Hollywood? And they, yeah. all, and they all go through it. 
Um, that's why all these celebrities are on the front box of this movie. Yeah. But, you know, it's... That's, that's, that's the end of the movie. I think it's coward- the end of the movie. I think it's cowardly. He should have died, and that would have been a, actually a good ending to this movie, is Adam being like, all right, so this certainly work out well. Well, it's like, if there's any, like, you know, knuckleheads that don't know that this is a mockumentary by then, surely at that point it's like, oh, there's no way this is real. <laughs> <laughs> you show it to your grandma or something. It's like, this is what Hollywood's like, and it kills actors. <laughs> <laughs> Which it kind of does. Uh-huh. Um, very much. Baywatch, second AD, Carrie... I'm, I'm looking through the credits. I, I love that part of the credits of this right. film are actual Baywatch credits. <laughs> Jeff, how did this have an effect on John Travolta's career? Um, so the Launched impa- him into stardom. The impact of this movie. The impact. Um, is that it uh, apparently uh, comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It was screened at the AFI in 1998. Uh, got a wide release in 2000. Or a wide, quote unquote. Uh, in 2000. Otherwise known as it probably what's its uh, box office. Uh, I can find no information. Is there no budget? Um, it was distributed by HBO. So okay. HBO published it. Oh, Maybe right. let it screen in like a few theaters. There's no listed budget for this thing? Uh, not that I can find. And no um, box office. I doubt many of Adam Rifkin's uh, films have listed budget or box office. Because okay. I love oh, them. So here's something. Here's something. Apparently, Adam Rifkin... Um, um, yes. played, uh, designed the poster for the movie Encino Man, <laughs> the Brendan Fraser comedy where what he's a, 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 uh, that's such a random ass poll. Yeah. And, uh, apparently John Favreau played Adam Rifkin in a movie once. There was a movie about Adam Rifkin's relationship with, uh, um, a, another writer director and why was there a movie? John Favreau that? played. I have no idea. Why? Uh, I almost want to see it out of pure curiosity. Adam Rifkin, A plus cur- curio of the industry. <laughs> I, I want to know what's going on with this. But in terms of Travolta, um, this movie uh, just serves as a little like is, landmark. Is this the only movie that it's a self credit in your list, or are there other movies that you have in here where it's John Travolta as John Travolta? Okay, so there's one more where it's John Travolta as John Travolta. Is it the documentary? No, it's John Travolta as um, John Travolta as someone else. So it's like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, no, not Robert Downey. It, it's, um, it's when we get... It's, I'll Robert, just, I'll uh, just say, it's Austin Powers 3. Uh, John Travolta, the opening of the movie is Austin Powers' life has been turned into a movie. Okay. And it's a fake trailer for the Austin Powers movie where Tom Cruise is playing Austin Powers and John Travolta is playing Goldmember. And he's credited John Travolta, John Travolta as, as, John Gold, Travolta. as John Travolta as Goldmember. Okay. Um, so that's the only other time it'll be a self-credit. And that's like only a 50-50 self-credit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> we got Welcome to Hollywood. This movie comes out, it plays on HBO once. I had to order a DVD to watch this. Yeah, uh, and I uh, watched it a very legal way as well. You watched my DVD, but digitally. Yeah. Um, I've my last note for this movie. Is Apologies to Adam Rifkin, who's missing out on royalties of this film. <laughs> sorry to dis- uh, sorry to Adam Rifkin and Adam Rifkin alone. <laughs> um, any last thoughts on Welcome to Hollywood? It's like there's a total review. It's just boring. Yeah, it's it really, very boring. It's very dull. 
It by the way, it went by fast for me. I'm not sure about you, but this movie it felt went by like, pretty fast for me. It felt too. like I was in and out in an, so, in an hour flat. Here's here, I will say the exact opposite. It dragged for you. This movie we want we. I watched this movie, spoiler, or around the same time I watched Get Shorty. Get Shorty is like almost a two-hour movie. This is under an hour and a half, and this felt longer than Get Shorty to me. This felt long. Interesting. Get Shorty felt immensely it, longer. It felt, it felt like I just watched an episode of Project Greenlight. I'm just watching, like, Project Greenlight, at least, like, it's real-ish. Yes. Um, but the whole time, I'm like, oh, my God, this movie just keep going. <laughs> It, I, I don't know. For me, it just went. It went. It felt like it was an hour. Mm-hmm. I really did not feel like uh, I was um, stuck there. This my, is not the worst movie we've ever covered, but not the worst. But it's bland. It's maybe it is bland. Yeah, I was about to say it's maybe the least existent, but There's, no, we've covered some less existent I, I, I movies. I don't hate it, but I, I struggle to say anything positive about yeah. it. That would I, I would never recommend this movie to anyone. But I wouldn't say stay away, stay away. Just mm. go. Don't never watch it. Yeah, we. This movie had a sense of potential, especially in the opening, where it could have like it crashes when it gets to the stain ring. Yes, like it could have been about like a real biting satire of Hollywood, but it can't do it if Adam Rifkin's playing himself, and we aren't like in on the joke and of this guy. There's being bad. there's no way to end this. Like like if you're gonna do a biting satire of hollywood he can't end up successful yes. but you can't also just go well he didn't get a role you like you have to end this in a big way and that's what they did with the stunt but this feels like adam rifkin was just grumpy at hollywood and decided to be like yeah they just the uh, hire people off of fame that's why i can't get my real movie made they only they only make movies about people who are in magazines that have real guys and i'm like cool thanks for sharing adam yeah Great. Well, yeah. that was welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> we were welcome to Hollywood, and we, now we're saying goodbye to Hollywood. Yeah. Goodbye to Hollywood. Goodbye Hollywood. Do you have any final thoughts, or is that a not, not any final thoughts? Not really. I feel uh, like this pretty much well said it throughout the episode. Is that uh, there were some funny bits throughout? I really like the concierge guy. Yeah, the concierge guy should have been the lead. Um, that's about all I have. It, yeah. It's just kind of bland. Yeah. If anyone wants something fun to do, go to the Wikipedia page for this movie and just look at the insane amount of people who... Who cameoed. Who Adam Rifkin was very smart to force them into interviews so he could have this insane cast list. Yep. This is probably the most stacked cast we'll ever cover on this show. Only on a technicality. Pretty big technicality. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Welcome to Hollywood. Uh, thank you folks for listening. Thank you for thank you yeah thank you to Dave for being here yeah glad we finally got you on I know this has been talked about for a while that I would have you on Stuart's adjusting my mic in the last minute of the show yeah well, just to make sure we get that absolute perfect audio and for the Jeff's outro. pulling up his script because he doesn't have the lasting bits of this episode memorized already I should I really should thirty something episodes but, in twenty four I'll maybe? read it for you this time but. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure to tune in next week for our episode on the Thin Red Line. <sighs> you gypped me. Oh, wait. No, I don't. That line Cut is going to be thin and red, let me tell you folks. Oh, man. That'll, that's actually a really good movie. <laughs> to come it's from. fucking... God damn, you really fucked me on this. You, <laughs> get, you, you were like, okay, you can do Thin Red Line, and then you're like, 
No, wait, hang on. You're going to do welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> like, you're a fucking ass. Especially because I, I, I decided to just go in this excited and not like yeah. look at anything for the film. And then John Travolta <laughs> appears on the screen, gives this shitty ass interview. And then I'm just, I look over to you and I'm like, Jeff, was that it? And I just, like I guess I chuckled myself, got my pipe, put my bathroom on, sat by the fire. But yes. Oh Make sure to tune next week for our, that, that episode on the Thin Red Line. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us at Travolting Pod on Twitter or Instagram. Pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Email any comments or questions to TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Um, find me on Instagram at StewartL195. Dave, anything you want to plug? Please don't find me on Twitter at, at Manzalillo David. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, I've started to ask our guests if there's anything they I, want to plug. Gee, I don't, I don't have anything, dude. All right. Well, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum Smith for our theme music, as always. Thank you to Michael for also guesting on the Michael episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, which has already happened at this point, but I just want to thank him again. Yeah, thank Michael you, Michael. on Michael. Michael on Michael. Well, we had to we we had to bring in the experts for that one. He had to um, tell us how accurate the Michael portrayal was. Yes. Is this a Michael or is this a fake Michael? Yes. Anyway, folks, have a great rest of your week. See you next week. Bye.